Good morning and welcome to Friday morning, August the 26th in 2022 on When I Rise. Today we come to the end of year C, proper week 17, which is the 12th Sunday after Pentecost. And on the Friday of the week, we'll take a look at the gospel passage, which comes to us from this week from the Revised Common Lectionary. And so we find ourselves back in the Gospel of Luke. And why not? Luke's long gospel, right? Luke chapter 14, verse 1, and then jumping up to verses 7 through 14. So let me read that passage, provide a couple points for reflection, and then we'll spend our time praying along the theme that we find there. Thanks for making us part of your morning on When I Rise. Let's allow our souls to rise and meet God together in a time of prayer. Luke chapter 14, verse 1, and then verses 7 through 14. One Sabbath, when Jesus went to eat in the house of a prominent Pharisee, he was being carefully watched. When he noticed how the guests picked places of honor at the table, he told them this parable. When someone invites you to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honor. For a person more distinguished than you may be invited. If so, the host who invited both of you will come and say to you, give this person your seat. Then humiliated, you'll have to take the least important place. But when you are invited, take the lowest place so that when your host comes, he will say to you, friend, move up to a better place. Then you'll be honored in the presence of all other guests. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Then Jesus said to the host, When you give a luncheon or dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers or sisters, your relatives or your rich neighbors. If you do, they may invite you back and so you will be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you'll be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you'll be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. This is the word of God for us. All right, friends, forgive me this morning. I had this episode ready to go, but it didn't post. And so I'm getting messages from some When I Rise faithful. They're like, hey, what's up with Friday morning? So here I am. It's like super early on Friday morning, and I'm uh, I'm putting it back together. And so thanks for your patience and the delay here and receiving my confession. <laughs> How about that? All right, Luke 14 is an interesting passage. Uh, we know that this is during the Luke and Travel narrative. Uh, So this is a a big, long passage, a section in Luke's gospel from uh, Luke chapter 9 to Luke chapter 19, where Jesus is on the move and he's teaching people on the move. And there seems to be a secondary theme to this chunk of scripture, which says, hey, you're going to be like a mobile people. You're going to be in some unfamiliar circumstances and situations. And So here are some things to live by. It was important for some of these folks because many of the first uh, Christians and the audience of these letters would have been Jews. And we know from ancient history, Jews um, had quite the upheaval in the first century. Um, There's a great war that broke out between um, 66 to 70 AD, and many of them were displaced because of it. Uh, Some people think that when Jesus talks about, you know, two will be milling grain and one will be taken and one will be left behind. This probably what he was talking about. There's, there was an imminent threat upon their civilization, and it was going to scatter people. And so, what was important for these people at this point were some stationary things in their life. They had a temple, uh, they had homes and villages where 
they and their families have been for generations. And so when you have stability, when you have like pillars to hold up um, your, from your foundation, these pillars will hold up your apparatus of religion. You seem relatively safe, even though maybe economic woes come to you, even though other hardships are there. If you have those things, at least you have something in place. But Jesus said there's going to be a time when those things aren't going to be in place. And you're going to find yourself having to figure out faith on the run and not running in retreat, just running to new places. And I think that's important for us today. We live in times that move and shake all of the time. And you could even interview your former self from 20 years ago, right? Or people who are older than you from 20 years ago. You could say, did you ever imagine that? modern Christian religion would be like this and would have these struggles and these opportunities. And I think most of us would say no, like we, we didn't think that things would have changed quite like this. Now we can be, um, we, you know, we could be overwhelmed by it. We can be uh, disappointed by that. Or, um, I think this is what Jesus would want us to do. This option would be to use it for our opportunity and to continue to be Jesus type people. And so Jesus said, there's going to be times we're going to be in a room full of people. And uh, there's going to be pl- people of honor and people of dishonor, or people who are just common. And there's going to be places that we're all going to clamor for. And instead of being the one who climbs to the top, who tries to schmooze maybe with the most prominent person or sit in the most prominent place or always having the last word, being able to share our opinion without being challenged, um, there's going to be actually an opportunity for us to look to the other side of the room to the more common places and to place our our witness and our presence and our influence there okay so it was quite common for these types of parties to happen and um there was all it seems like what would happen during these these gatherings is it's like superficiality would reign right um people would uh, try to put on their best selves like their instagram face i guess is maybe a, a, a common term that we can use and uh, they can so they can impress people and so that people can um, be comfortable with them. And uh, because of that, uh, people weren't themselves. Now, there's an essence where it's hard for us to be our authentic selves all the time. Um, we have deep shame or we have um, maybe some hurt in our lives to where we think we've got to cover up some things, maybe some stains, maybe some hardships that we've endured. Or maybe we just um, don't know if people can take all of us all at once, right? Like, just, let's just be honest there. But I think the governing principle that Jesus has is, hey, we're gonna, we want to serve the room that we're in. Okay, instead of have the room serve us and to add to our resume, to add uh, to whatever glittering self-image we want to have for ourselves, what if we went into every room and said, I want to, I want to make this room better, um, not just because I'm here standing around, but I want to uh, encourage a life that's here. Um, if there's someone who's being neglected. Like I want to spend time with them so that they don't feel lonely and so that they don't feel low in this room. And Jesus says, like, there's, there is a, like an in-between here. Like whatever we do in these rooms that we find ourselves in and how we present ourselves, there is reward or there's like, or there's like a deficit or credit because of that. Right. So at the very end, this really kind of interesting statement uh, that Jesus says, it's like the aspirational statement. He says, but when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you'll be blessed. Although you, they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. In Jesus' culture, there were there were gift givings. Like, you know, people would give a gift, and well, there would be an expectation. And a lot of things were given without uh, strings attached. Uh, this is a culture where people didn't have much, and so when you gave something, it was 
under the pretense that this is something that um, is at a sacrifice. And so people would feel this pressure and this honor and shame culture to give back. And so Jesus says, um, instead of like going to the richest person in the room and doing something for them to where you get like a rich reward in return, why don't you trust your faith? Why don't you trust the story that's unfolding and what God might be able to give any of us at the resurrection and the restoration of all things. And so why not spend yourself for those who cannot repay so that there's like this great, uh, there's this great balance being built over your life uh, for the age to come. Now, some Protestants who are listening to this are like, man, this sounds like works-based salvation. And it's not, um, because one of the governing metaphors for faith, when we, particularly when we had uh, folks in the first century when they thought about what life meant today and what what, our, what we do today and what would it mean tomorrow, uh, one of the governing metaphors was like this being credited back to us, right? And this is a line that we hear from Genesis 15, uh, when Abraham obeyed God against all odds and against all the research, God said, this is going to be credited back to you as righteousness. Like this is going to be somehow there's an economy where good deeds are rewarded. And uh, so there's hints of that still in the New Testament. Um, it shouldn't fly all over you as workspace righteousness. We don't do these things so that we can be accepted by God. It's the other way. Like we're accepted by God and we're in this great covenant family. Therefore, these types of works are covenant maintenance. They continue to shape us to be the people that will fit in that world that God is creating. And so think about that today. Like any room we find ourselves in, we can pick it up. Like we can bless lives. We can encourage people. And because of that, the room will change. Perhaps even lives will change. But it also points to a future day when these types of values govern the day. There's no other rival against it. So let's be kingdom people today. Let's pick up every person in every life and every room that we find ourselves in. So with that in mind, let's spend some time praying to our God this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we thank you today that you're with us. And we thank you that you're a redeeming God. You uh, fix things that are broken and you give them their purpose again. We think that happens most in your creation. It happens in human lives. And so God, we thank you that you have fixed us. You have brought us into your family. We have healing and wholeness and goodness and forgiveness. So God, we thank you this day that we're in your family. And because of that, we can act like family people and be on the family business so that we can turn around and we can see redemption in our lives as well. So God, as we go to school rooms, as we go to workplaces, as we hang out with family and friends through activities this weekend, God, we understand that we're going to be in rooms where people are broken and people are left behind and people feel uncomfortable, uh, people feel lost and nervous in rooms. And so God, I pray that we would be that soothing presence and that we would be, be present to them, that we would uh, attend to their needs and lift those rooms. God, we also just pray for all of our deeds today, that it would be a pointing, it'd be a signpost that points to a future day where different values rule and reign where lives are restored and are filled with delight and joy. So may it start within us, and may we be pouring that presence into every room where we find ourselves. So we ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.